0: okay boys and girls it's now time for treks in sci-fi with the star of the show the geekmeister
1: himself rico
2: hello everyone and welcome to treks in sci-fi today is march the 20th 2011 and I'm Rico your host and this is podcast 323 for the show. Today we're going to be looking at the TOS uh, classic Trek episode All Our Yesterdays which was one of the last episode ever last episodes ever aired for the series, second to the last episode, actually, uh, that uh, first aired way back in 1969, so we're going to be looking at that one, which uh, is is one of my favorites, actually, from the Season 3, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to do a full commentary, going to play the episode and kind of comment along, since I haven't done that in a, in a little bit for a Trek episode, try to mix up that format a little bit uh, and talk about a few other bits of uh, information, news, stories uh, that are happening around the trek and sci-fi world and and other things so uh, sit back relax and uh, off we go hello everyone and welcome to the treks in sci-fi podcast
3: scotty beat me up fascinating
4: Stand by to receive our transmission.
2: Well, again, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Rico, and I just want to... uh, I haven't said this in a while, but if uh, someone out there maybe new listening to Treks in sci-fi, I want to welcome you aboard. Or if this is, uh, you know, maybe the... You know second, third, fourth, fifth time you've listened to the show it's uh it's always good to get new people on board and listening and uh, I, I welcome you as well as people that have been listening for years on end. <laughs> always good uh, to hear or uh, not not hear, but always glad to have you guys back as well. hope everyone's doing well uh, and I how many times have I said well so far in a couple minutes of the show? Well, let's work on a different word. How is everyone doing? hope everyone is doing great. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the first, now through two weeks of the new job, a couple of weeks back home here in Michigan, and, and everything's moving along pretty well. And the first week, I have to admit, was, I, and I may have said this on the podcast previously, it was a little rough uh, and a little difficult. But I, I, the last week, last week was much better. I feel a little bit more comfortable there, and it's 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 much better than it was the first week. I, I guess it wasn't that bad. Maybe the first week, I think I was just a little overwhelmed with everything moving back and, and a lot of things to sort of uh, just get adjusted to again. Uh, you know, new new company, new people, new new job, new responsibilities there. Back home, getting trying to get settled in here, and 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 just, it would have been great to have a few days to to make that transition a bit easier. But uh, you know that's not always how it works out. So, but it's good now, and uh, this week's going to be a pretty busy one. I've got a couple of long days coming, and uh, but it's uh, it's working out pretty well. I, I uh, I'm pretty comfortable so far there, and hopefully that will continue. Uh, What else has been happening uh, for me? Uh, Trying to keep up on the TV and things. Everything, uh, we're we're into kind of reruns a bit, so there wasn't a lot new on. I still have to watch Fringe from Friday. Didn't watch that yet. Uh, I did see Chuck this week, which I enjoyed, and the, uh, what else? V, they had the V finale. We'll, We'll talk just briefly about that, I guess. I guess might as well talk about it now. I've never been a huge, and I've said this before, never been a big, huge V fan. I watched the original way back in the 80s, and I've been watching <clears throat> watching this remake, and I've kind of been mixed on it a little bit, although I thought since it came back after its run last year, I've, I've enjoyed it more this uh, this time. But I got a little frustrated with the show, frankly. You know, they... they I get frustrated when their plans, uh, the rebels against these visitors, always seem to fail. And I, I know they, I mean, they've had a couple little victories, but it, it, overall they just seem to be trying the same similar things. And the, I don't know, they don't seem to work out. It. I'm also a little disappointed in the finale. I have to say, I'm not going to say much about it. A lot of people probably haven't seen it yet, but. Uh, it obviously they they don't really settle anything in the finale completely. Uh, some things happen in it that I didn't really care for that much. But the other thing is, is the show is is borderline for the ratings. I mean I'm hearing mixed things about it. One of the things I read just this morning. I try to get caught up on a little you know sci-fi and geekery stuff. Uh, Trek and other news, and, and I read something of that. Uh, one of the uh, one of the stars on the show, I think Elizabeth Mitchell, said something like that. The none of the main actors on the show have lined up any other jobs. Not that they're really committed to anything. I don't think past this season. But uh, the the you know ABC and, and the you know the people in charge there are trying to tell them to kind of hang on. That hopefully they're going to get news soon whether the series is going to be picked up for another season and certainly the way they left it, uh, it, I would hope for the fans it really comes back. I don't know, I'm kind of I'm feeling like I may not watch it when even if it does come back, I've gotten kind of disappointed in, in so many things on it. but we'll see there's a lot of uh, geek type TV that, that's not going to be back next year. I, I just also watched the last episode of the Cape. Uh, which is online now. On uh, if you can get Hulu, go to Hulu.com. You can see the final episode. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else uh, as well. It might be on NBC.com too. I, I don't really know. I haven't checked that. But they they did not air this episode, this final episode on on television. It's the tenth uh, episode, I think it is, and it doesn't completely wrap everything up at all. But there's some some really good moments in it. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed the season finale for V. I think I just enjoyed the the show in in, in general more. I, I you know I'm a big com- comic book fan and and I like superhero stories a lot. I miss having heroes on, even though that series you know at times wasn't the best. I, I did like the characters a lot and I, and I enjoyed that series when it was on the air and and now this series is pretty much over. I think the cape and it's it's a little bittersweet, a little uh, um, you know a little little. Too bad, because it, it really, I think, was was each episode was getting better and more interesting, and the characters were were, were really, really developing well, and, and and I liked it a lot. So um, so that's a little sad. So this week, yeah, I guess we did have a couple of things on, a couple couple finales uh, to see. There was no Big Bang Theory this week that wasn't on. No Smallville. Th- those are both off, I think, for, for, well, Big Bang Theory, I think, maybe towards the end of this month. Well, which is, I guess, this coming week or so, or two weeks. We've got uh, maybe another episode in a couple of weeks for that. Smallville is gone for a few weeks, uh, and uh, so that's that's kind of disappointing, although it is it is in its last season, so they're kind of wrapping that up a bit, too. I'm really, really still enjoying the the sci-fi version of the, the series Being Human, another great episode, really, really great drama or emotion, just everything about this. Everyone keeps telling me, a lot of the people on the forums, the UK folks especially, I keep telling me to watch the original, and uh, I have a little bit of mixed feelings on it. I want to watch the original, but now I'm kind of enjoying this new series so much. I'm afraid if I start watching the original series, it will change... Not how I feel, I guess, exactly about the new series, but I know some of the plot points and things that they are using on, on the 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 sci-fi series, the U.S.-based one. They're using a lot of the stories and, and things that are going on with the characters... Uh, from what they got uh, from the BBC series, so I, you know, if I watch a lot of that, then I'll kind of know what's coming up for the for the US version. I kind of think that maybe what I'll do is I'll watch. Um I'll get through this season of the U.S. version and then maybe during its sort of hiatus when it's gone is maybe I'll watch season like the first season of the BBC version. That might be a good plan and I can kind of keep them both running at about the same pace. I'm not sure. I know there are differences, but I don't know how far they're going. They're planning on taking that if they're going to really diverge at some point and and have things going on in the U.S. version that aren't going on or haven't gone on in the U.K. uh, version or not it's hard to say but I it's a great series it's I always tell people you know when you tell people what this show is about you know oh it's about a vampire a werewolf and a ghost that all live together it, it comes off sounding really kind of corny and dumb and 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 silly and and but it is so much better Better and more than that, I, I don't even really know how to describe it. I just love the actors that they've got on the the U.S. version a lot, and, and just they, they're doing a great job. and I hope this show could you really just takes off and gets a good long run because I think it's 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 fantastic. I just it's it's really great. So I can't say enough good things about Being Human. It's probably the show lately that I've almost been looking forward to the most for the week uh, over just about everything else. So. Um uh let's take a short break here i need a little gatorade and i will come back with a couple of quick trek stories and and i've got a contest to announce so oh, yeah we're gonna do that uh, i've got a nice blu-ray package that someone's offered uh from that i think it's the a and e uh company affiliate again to uh to give away some nice blue blue Blu <laughs> ray <blue-ray> sets yes <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need a drink. My, my mouth is getting dry. Blu-ray sets for all of you uh, in this contest. It's just, just going to run a week, I think, till next weekend. So uh, I'll be announcing that right after this break.
5: Attention, attention. It's finally here, the first and only
6: podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking
5: television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com.
2: Okay, I am back. All right, time for the contest. This is for... Let me announce what um, what the winner will win for this contest. It's really an awesome set of Blu-rays. Uh, there are four different um, things you're going to get with this set. One is an ancient... It's, uh, I think this is a regular series. Actually, somebody that I know, a friend of mine, I think has been watching it. It's called Ancient Aliens Season 1 Blu-ray Set. I'm going to put a uh, information on this stuff in, but probably on the main page as a separate post for the contest. Anyway, Ancient Aliens Season 1 Blu-ray, uh, Life After People, the series, Welcome to Earth, Population Zero, the complete Season 2. Uh, it, that's basically about if humans vanish from the face of the Earth, what happens to the world that we leave behind? Uh, the next uh, item in this package is the universe to explore the edges of the unknown, the complete Season 5. This is a journey back to the beginning of history on a not mind-blowing adventure through space and time. Stunning HD graphics. This is some cool stuff here. And then the last uh, item that you'll get is how Earth was made complete, season one. This is about the Earth uh, from the Great Lakes to Iceland, the San Andreas Fault, uh, Krakatoa, everything about the physical uh, processes involved in the Earth and how, uh, you know, different land masses were formed and all that. So those items you will get in this uh, just great prize pack from our our friends over at attentionusa.com. Uh, Jamie's been uh, really kind to offer the last few contest Blu-ray sets that have gone out to our winners, and this is what you need to do. I don't think it's going to be too hard, but you have to put just a tiny bit of effort into it. Uh, I threw a post up on the forum this past week about contest ideas, and had some good ones on there, and I may use those in the future. But I have this other one that, and, and I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. But I thought this might be kind of fun. What you're going to have to do to enter this contest is send Rico send me a Blu-ray. F- no, Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, send me a bunch of Blu-rays, and then I'll, I'll enter you in this contest. No, sorry about that. You will need to create an audio file and send it to me. Send it to treksf at gmail.com by the time I record next week's podcast. And that audio file will be you reciting the, the typical uh, Star Trek opening uh, monologue. You know, space, the final frontier, these are the voyages of, of the Starship Enterprise, all that stuff. Same thing that was done, you know, in in, in Classic Trek. You can use either the Classic Trek words, you can use the TNG uh, word version, you know, one of those. Basically, I guess those two are your choices. You know, there were some slight variations for some things that were used in the movies and stuff, but basically, do the either the, if you're more of a classic Trek fan, do the classic Trek, uh, you know, opening uh, monologue there, or or do the TNG one if you want. Doesn't matter to me. You don't need to put music in it or anything like that. If you want to, that's okay. Uh, I am not going to particularly judge these in terms of like, it's not going to be the one I like the most that's going to be the winner. What I am going to do. These will become, uh, you know, technically the property of Trex and Sci-Fi to do with what I please. But I plan on using them basically as little intros for the podcast over the next few months and. and sprinkle them in here and there so i hope to get a lot of these hope hopefully a lot of you will participate and all i will be doing is if you send me one of these audio files by next week's podcast you will be entered in the contest and i will choose a random person from the entries that i get to win the blu-ray set so that's all it is as long as you send me the audio file and i you know you can't do a tos one and a tng one and enter twice just one entry per person and this is restricted to the u.s and canada unfortunately the, the company that sends these blu-ray sets out can only ship to those areas so that is the scoop folks i, I hope that'll be fun and i'm looking forward to hearing your your take on the, you know the the classic uh, words at the beginning of trek so send those audio files off uh, as soon as you can hey you know hopefully not too long after you hear the podcast you can send them anytime maybe uh, just put a little tagline in the subject for the email contest entry or something like that that's fine And I will be able to filter those through and and look at them. And uh, I'll probably play one or two next week as well for the contest, or at least maybe play the winners. But everyone that enters will have a chance to win. It's not a judging contest. It's just going to be you participate, you get a chance to win. That's kind of how I like to do it most of the time, although I I change that sometimes for other contests. So that's the scoop, folks, and and I hope uh, you enjoy doing that, and uh, good luck to everyone. All right, on to uh, some Trek uh, news and stories. So one thing that caught my eye here over at TrekMovie.com today was William Shatner. I guess the Shat had his Facebook account disabled. <laughs> you, know, you know, these both Twitter and Facebook and, and social media sites have these problems with fakes. Basically, they have people impersonating celebrities, which, you know, I could see the appeal and I could see that it would be kind of fun to do. Uh, but uh, William Shatner, yeah, had his uh, his official Facebook page uh, basically taken away, removed, gone, gone. Without a word from Facebook, I guess, is the story. Uh, his uh, assistant uh, named Camuso, I think, is the assistant to Mitchell Shatner. I'm trying to find his first name here. Anyway, he tells Trek movie, getting emails. He didn't, uh, they were getting emails, William Shatner, and I guess his assistant was reading probably most of the emails that ask him about, well, what happened to your Facebook page? And they they actually, that's how they found out about it. It wasn't uh, them going to Facebook. And they, the Facebook's response was they thought it was a fake account, a fake account on Facebook, and they said uh, that Mr. Shatner needs to send us a scan of a government-issued ID, you know, like a, I guess a copy of his passport or something, send this into Facebook, a scan of that. And uh, Bill didn't really like that idea, and I don't blame him. You know what? I wouldn't do it either. You know, no, it's none of their business to get a scan of my driver's license or passport or anything like that. So basically what William Shatner did, and this is kind of funny, is on Twitter... He also had a Twitter account, and he basically wrote that uh, Facebook disabled my account this weekend as an imposter account. Now they want me to prove that it's me. Don't they know who I am? <laughs> so within like a half hour, I guess, of sending a, of, of Shatner sending out that tweet, Facebook reinstated his account. And then they you know they put a little note to Camuso, and, and Shatner put a note on Facebook and said that uh, they they thanked Facebook for reinstating his account. it's uh, I, the, some of the story is that Shatner already has his own kind of social media uh, site out there. He he has this site if anyone's interested to check it out and it's worth taking a look at called myouterspace.com uh you know www.myouterspace.com all all one word there. And that's a, a Shatner kind of media site that he promotes some of the stuff that he's working on and doing. So that you can check out. So they figured that you know may, maybe since he had that going that the anything on Facebook was a fake, but it's um, you know it, it isn't, and the, so they they didn't reinstate it. It's kind of interesting that he used social media. He used Twitter to reinstate another social media site. Uh, I, I guess there's a law. One thing I'm hearing about, and I, maybe Kenny has heard about this since he's in California. But there's a law now in California that it's uh, it's actually a crime. They say here, I'm reading, it says it went into effect in January, and it makes it a crime to impersonate someone on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it doesn't say, obviously, they have to be a celebrity. I guess you could try to impersonate, you know, your... Your your mom your 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 brother your sister whatever I mean if you try to impersonate somebody on a Facebook put your put yourself out there and say uh, you know I'm such and such but you're not or you can impersonate your boss and start getting them into trouble Ooh, there's an idea oh don't do that though don't do that but in California at least this is a crime uh, not not a nation not not a nationwide thing yet but it is a crime to impersonate someone in California for these social sites which I I, I guess you'd have to be located in those states you know this is on the internet so i guess if you're living in california but you're on facebook or twitter and you impersonate someone that it's a crime there uh even though the you know the internet is pretty much worldwide so you know there's a lot of uh very popular uh star trek celebs on these sites there's lavar burton at lavar burton uh dot uh or sorry at lavar burton on on twitter george Takei, david Lindloff, who's one of the scriptwriters and uh, of guys working on the next trek movie jonathan frakes there are still fake accounts if you're at the at jonathan underscore frakes i guess jonathan frakes Riker doesn't do social media that much he doesn't do twitter or facebook or any of that there's also an at leonard nimoy uh which leonard nimoy if you want to follow the real one on twitter he is at the real nimoy uh so check that out and in if you do just a little bit of Google sleuthing and searching, you can find these things out. So I thought that was kind of an interesting story. Uh, and uh, one other thing Trek-related that I wanted to mention, uh, they had... Um On William Shatner's Raw Nerve show this past week, he interviewed and talked to uh, Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov on the original series, and it was a good little interview. They they chatted, and you could see that, you know, uh, Walter had mentioned that there was some animosity and some bad blood kind of back in the original series day, and some of the supporting cast of Trek has always felt that Shatner kind of took the spotlight away from them and didn't give them a fair shake. But in in, in Shatner's defense, I, you know, Walter was pretty gracious about it all. He says, "You know, we never really made a fuss about it at the time. We never really g- created a stir about it. So, you know, hey, if you if you've got a problem with something, you know." It, it, it really you can't really complain about it unless you try to say something or do something about it. So it was sort of a mutual thing. And by the end of it, they seemed to sort of kiss and make up, basically, <laughs> although although William Shatner still says that George Takei doesn't seem to like him very much. And anyway, it's a good spot. Raw Nerve. Uh, he had Scott Bakula on a week or so ago. He's got uh, he had LeVar Burton on too. Uh some good stuff. And I think you can find some of those interviews and some of that stuff online, too. So check that out. And with that, I think I'm going to wrap this up. We're 20 minutes or so in. I want to get through the original series commentary, which is uh, the original series is a little longer playtime than like TNG and other shows. It's more like about 50 minutes an episode. So we're going to get right into that. I'm going to take just a quick break here, and then we'll get into all our yesterdays.
3: Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because?
7: Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce.
3: And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House.
7: And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward.
3: And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because... We're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts.
7: Yep, like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows.
3: Like Lost? Uh
7: Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written.
3: And we'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show... Why?
7: Just because. Visit us at because.podbean.com and
3: in iTunes.
2: Okay, here we go with all our yesterdays.
4: Forty-three point seven. We have calculated that Beta Niobe will go nova in approximately three and a half hours. Its only satellite, Sarpedon, is a Class M planet which, at last report, was inhabited by a civilized humanoid species. Now our instruments show that no intelligent
0: life remains on the planet. The power source we detected is in this building.
4: Captain.
2: We've got our main trio beaming down here.
0: Signs of second life forms. How can a whole
4: planet full of people just disappear? If they knew that the sun was dying, it could be anything up to mass
0: suicide. Reports deny that they had any space flight capability. This appears to be an archive or a library of some kind. And we're
4: certainly in the right place to find out what happened, where the inhabitants are, and if there are any
8: left now. Well, that's fine. Where do we start? May I help you? I
2: am a librarian. Okay, hang on a sec. Can
5: I be of assistance? Perhaps you can. Mr. Mr. Atos. I confess that I'm a little surprised to see you. I had thought that everyone had long since gone. But the surprise is a pleasant one. After all, a library serves no purpose unless someone is using it. If everyone has gone? Where'd they go? It depended on the individual, of course. If you wish to trace a specific person, I'm sorry. But that information is confidential.
0: No, no particular person, just people in general. Where do they
5: go? Ah, you find it difficult to choose, is that it? Yes, a wide range of alternatives is a mixed blessing. But perhaps I can help. Would you step this way, please?
2: The person that wrote this this episode is or was a librarian, so that's kind of interesting, I thought.
5: May I help you? You may select from more than 20,000 verizon tapes, several hundred of which have only recently been added to the collection. I'm sure you'll find something here that pleases you. You, sir, what is your particular field of interest? What about recent history? Really? Oh, that's too bad. We have so little on recent history. There was no demand for it. It doesn't have to be extensive. Just the answers to a few questions. Of course. Reference services available at the desk. You're very late. Where have you
4: been? You're a very agile man, Mr. Ato. Just how many of you are there?
2: All right, we'll dial down the opening theme here. Okay, this episode was uh, the near the end of the third season of the original series. Uh, it is mostly about the main trio for this episode, and they're basically trying to figure out what happened to these people on this planet. The sun is going to go nova, and they're trying to help. Of course, they, there's not a lot of time here, which is one of the things that I find kind of interesting about this episode, is the fact that they're, they pop down on this planet, and, and they don't have... You know, the sun is going to go nova, like, pretty soon. I don't know what they thought one starship could do, but... Anyway, it is uh, written by Jean-Lissette Aeroste. Is that how you say her name? ariaste I'm probably terrible at that. A-R-O-E-S-T-E. Anyway, she was a librarian directed by Marvin Chomsky. And if you notice, Mr. Atos's name is Mr. A-2-Z. Atos. Kind of a neat little thing there.
0: we knew what was happening.
2: Now we're back out, of course in the library here.
0: I
5: must have miscalculated. Our readings indicated that there was no one here at all. Of course I know. Everyone on this planet was warned of the coming nova long ago. They followed instructions and are now safe and you had better do the same. This is a uh, a great character actor His name I'll see is it Ian it's
2: Ian something. Let me to go, check real course, quick.
5: It is strictly up to the individual's choice.
2: Ian Wolf that's it is.
4: And you personally sent all these people on the planet to safety?
5: Yes, yes, yes. They are all gone. Except you three. Of course, I had to delegate the simple tasks to my replicas. You are the real one, Mr. Atos. Of course. I am the real Mr. Atos. As a matter of fact, he's quite real, General. I, Even though they
2: detected no life forms you. on the planet, they, I, plan I guess they, my wife and when you the know, maybe comes. that area is shielded or hard now, to read. Don't
5: be concerned about me. Think of yourselves. I warn you most urgently, make your escape before it's too late.
2: He doesn't quite seem to get that they're not from around there. I
5: would gladly supply you with all reference material to help you. History of the planet is available in every detail. Just choose what interests you the most. The millennium, the century, the date, the moment. The library is your key. Oh, it's in the wrong file. Well, make your own selection, but remember you're very late. Yes, we'll choose it as quick as we can. How long till Nova? Three hours, 13 minutes.
4: This gentleman is not... Hey, you, sir.
5: I think you'll find something interesting over here. Now, If these won't do, I can bring you another five.
2: There was a little bit of talk at one time at different conventions that these discs that they use in this show kind of resembled compact discs, you know, for audio. Even though, if you look back, there's some data and literature on when compact discs, discs were actually invented. Believe it or not, they were invented before this episode aired, but didn't eventually make their way to sort of popular market until like, you know, 20 years later. And Kirk's looking at the old West here. The kind of a scene on one of the discs and they, you know, they're quickly deciding that, you know, these are different periods in the history of this planet.
5: Have you made your selection, sir? Exactly. What is it that I'm expected to select? You noticed. Sure I was clear. The period in which you're interested.
2: That the computer that Mr. Atos uses here.
5: Fascinating machine. What is it? Ah. Uh, this is the Atavacron
2: is um looks very much like the equipment work. that they use AI for Gary no, 7.
5: No. I must ask you not to touch the controlling mechanism. Return and make your
2: selection. The Atavacron. You
5: have chosen. I will prepare you through the Atavacron. Thank you, Mr. Atos.
2: So McCoy had put up a um, also a disc on his display that showed a frozen kind of wasteland. Wait,
5: I not prepared you.
2: Kirk's near this sort of portal area. He hears this woman screaming and he he charges through it and then basically he sort of there's a flicker of light and he vanishes and
5: be prepared.
2: Now Spock and McCoy try to follow him through same thing kind of a flicker of light but they're, they're now in a frozen wasteland area. So somehow something's gone wrong. Even though Kirk went through before them, right, just right before them, they're not in the same place in time. Come when you are Britain's
8: slave. You need
9: a lesson in how to use your betters. Who's your master?
4: I'm a free man, sir. And you want better matters, free
2: man. So, Kirk, this is sort of a period, sort of uh, with swordplay and and wenches and and these guys in these flowery hats. So, Kirk's fencing with this one guy, pretty much whipping him. I miss fencing. I used to do that a little bit when I was in college and he beat these guys away and kind of saved this girl who was screaming and the guys were sort of taking advantage of her now Spock and McCoy are trying to figure out what's going on they can't seem to go back through where they came what's wrong something's preventing my phaser from operating can't seem to fire his phaser it's not functioning right
8: Sure, when that girl caught me cutting his purse. <laughs> What's are you all right? Oh, I took you to be an angler, but you're none of us, are you? Well, you're a bully fine coup for all of that. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> what a handsome dish you
2: served them, McCock's Okay, Kirk, you take it to easy there now. The
4: library. You'll be safe there. Dr. McCoy can see to those bruises. I'm
8: game love, leading our father. Where's library?
2: Right over there. And this is the first that Kirk's realized he doesn't exactly know where he is. Even though that seems kind of silly because it's like far? it was so different there than the library. He must have felt like he just walked through some kind of a doorway and now was in this area.
8: Let's make off before coxcomb's come with shoulder clappers.
4: Do no, you remember when you first saw me? Do you remember whether I came through some kind of door?
8: Oh, I think the on must have kicked you into head. Come on, love. I know leech will ask
6: no questions.
4: No, no, it must be here someplace.
9: Jim! Jim, can you hear us? Bones? Spock? Captain, we hear you, but we cannot see you. Are you all right? We
4: must have missed each other somehow.
9: Agreed. Apparently they have all escaped the destruction of their world by retreating into his past. Mercy
2: on us. That's a pretty it's quick conclusion city. that oh, no, uh, Spock makes up. there, I think, oh, you know. Friends of mine there.
9: Spock, are you in the library? Indeed not. We're in a wilderness of arctic characteristics. He means it's cold. Can you get back to the library? There is no library, Captain. At least not that we can see. We are at the base of an ice cliff. Explain. Just before you disappeared, Captain, I discovered a machine which Mr. Ataz called the Atavacron.
4: It must have been
9: tied into the tape viewer somehow. Opening time portals to the past, you crossed through into the period which you were viewing. I was looking over some material about the ice age. And I am here, evidently, because I stepped through at the same instant as Dr. McCoy. Yes.
2: But they weren't prepared, which means, you know, that they're not really... friends are coming back with reinforcements. Well, you'll find out soon. They describe it later, but... They're not prepared to live in that time, physically.
4: (laughs) On what charge? Thievery and purse-cutting? That is a mistake. I'm no thief. What's happening? Lord Albus, what's that? It's spirit!
9: Away, away, spirit! And the honest men approach. She talking. Captain, ah, they speak at his bidding. Stop his mouth and they'll quiet. You must be close to the portal. Keep talking now. Ah.
6: Kim, what's the matter?
2: So they capture. He
9: was in trouble. may be in trouble ourselves.
2: Kirk and take him away. Shelter. do a pretty good job with this planet you know again the original series didn't have a big budget so you know they could only do so much but uh you know it looks pretty nasty hoth like mccoy is falling down he's getting pretty bad off in this severe
9: cold we cannot survive much longer leave me here spock
6: we go together or not at all don't be a fool my hands and face are frostbitten i can't feel my feet alone you have a chance now do what i say Go try to find Jim. We go together. You stubborn, thick-headed falcon.
2: Now somebody in a fur, big fur coat comes upon them. Basically, you know, follow me. So uh, Spock helps McCoy up and they kind of follow the, the person in the in a nice warm fur coat. <laughs> And the title for this episode, by the way, is from uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. You know, there's a lot of Shakespeare influence, especially in the original series and in TNG. And there was a, a line in Macbeth, all, And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. And I'm not a huge Shakespeare person. I read that somewhere, so. Although I do like some of it. You know, I've re- read quite a bit when I was in college. Shakespeare and uh, there are some plays that I like a lot better than others.
0: From the of your
2: I always like *The Midsummer's Night's Dream. Doctor, That's good. So they're bundling up McCoy. He looks pretty, pretty frosty. Now, here's an interesting, him
0: any medication at this time.
2: interesting thing here. The tricorder medical so scanner seemed to be and functioning, and but Spock's natural. phaser wouldn't function.
0: It is warm here.
2: And now this um, person takes off the hood, and it's, it's Mariette Hartley. <laughs> I'm called Spock.
1: Even your name is strange. Forgive me. I've never seen anyone who looks like you. Why are you here? Are you prisoners too? Prisoners? This is one of the places Zorkhan sends people when he wants them to disappear. Didn't you come in through the time portal?
0: Yes, we came through the time portal, but not as prisoners. We were sent here by mistake.
1: The Atabakron is far away, but I think you come from someplace farther than that.
0: That is true. I am not from the world you know at all. My home is a planet millions of light years away. Oh, how
1: wonderful. I've now, always loved books about... That's
2: Mr. a little Spock. inaccurate, Mr. Spock, but... but thousands sometimes. of light years, maybe, but not millions.
1: This isn't real. I, I must be imagining all this. I'm going mad.
0: (laughs) Listen to me. I am firmly convinced that I do exist. I am substantial. You are not imagining this.
1: I've, I've been here for so long, alone. When I saw you out there, I
7: couldn't believe it.
2: Yeah, can you imagine being stuck in a place like that for who knows how long by yourself? Uh, just, I don't know what she did, but uh, Zorkon sure didn't like her.
1: Is he dying?
2: Yeah, it's got to be a fate worse than death to be, you know, just some place where there's nobody else around at all to talk to 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 just anything. Yeah.
5: There's the mort.
2: Now they're back in Kirk's era. There's the he's locked up in this uh, jail cell. And there's a sort of this open up Yeah, he's like a, a higher official magistrate kind of guy.
8: Rouse him You're the thief who talks to spirits. Oh, I'm a stranger. Where are you from? An island. What is this island? It's called Earth. I know no island Earth. But no matter, continue. I never saw that
4: woman before tonight. When... She screamed, as far as I could tell. She was being attacked. And you deny being her accomplice? Yes, I deny it. I was reading in the library when I heard her scream.
2: Oh, the library uh, makes this guy, like, do a double take, so Kirk's Kirk knows that this guy knows Perhaps about that.
8: your part in this is innocent. I believe you to be an honest man. He's a
2: witch! He's a witch. Burn him. Burn him. Oh wait, wrong, wrong me. movie, Wrong show.: I'm
8: convinced of your guilt. Do not compound it with false accusation.: This is
2: actually he, the, the prosecutor here speech. He's a witch. And played by an you actor named the Kermit Mur- Mur- Murdoch.: Truth, my lord. I
6: heard the spirit talk
2: to him. His first name he is answered. Kermit. What do you know about Holy that?
8: bones. You're a witch. He, he casts a spell. He, he, he made me seal against my wish. Surely
4: you don't believe.
2: <laughs> yeah, so um, you heard these spirits? He's having a trouble convincing them, and then the spirits of Spock and McCoy's voice did One not help heard. things. that's Alone. for sure.
4: We're only my friends behind the wall in the library. In the library.
8: I know the nothing library. of this. Send for someone learned in witchcraft and let him examine him. I will have nothing to do with it. Oh, Lord,
4: have arranged for me to meet Dracos? I know, know, yes. they yes, I they know.
8: nothing of this, nothing of these matters. I will not let hear it. Me speak to you.
4: I will not hear
8: it. it. At least let me talk to you.
2: I think they should teach the, the people in Starfleet picking. You know, uh, there's—I don't know how many times they, you know, throughout all the different series and everything like that—they end up getting locked up in some primitive jail cell. You know, these people uh, should know how to pick a lock. Should carry like a little bobby pin around and and learn how to pick locks. Wake up! Uh, They look a little more thawed out now. The frostiness has gone from their faces and hair.
0: Spock, are we in the library? No, we are still in the Ice Age, but safe for the moment.
2: And she's still got that fur coat on at this point in time, still. Ah, she's shy. Doctor,
0: you're in no condition to get up. You lie down and rest. I shall attempt to find the captain. But you find him, Spock. Don't you worry about me. You just...
2: One little point about this episode is: Marriott is, uh, Hartley's character, Sarah Beth, here was not allowed to show her belly button. You'll notice uh, in this episode, you don't see her belly button, which was a constant thing. that Gene Roddenberry had difficulties with the censors for the women on on Trek, and he later fixed that Spock. when he he did a um, he did Genesis uh, Genesis Two and those other Who's movies, where he gave the people two belly buttons.
1: I saw only the two of you. I did not know there was another. He did not come with us.
0: He was sent through the time portal to another period in history, much later than this one. If I am to find him, there is only one possible avenue. Zarabeth, will you show me where the time portal is?
1: But your friend, he is ill.
0: That is true. If I leave him, a chance he may never regain the ship he would then be marooned in this time period but he is no longer in danger of death so my primary duty to him has been discharged and if i remain here no one of our party would be able to aid captain kirk
1: you make it sound like an equation
0: well, it should be an equation i should be able to resolve this problem logically Has something to do with the crime. If only I knew more about how it worked. Sarah Beth, you said that you were brought here as a prisoner. May I ask.
1: Why? My crime was in choosing my kinsmen unwisely. Two of them were involved in a conspiracy to kill Zor Khan.
0: I remember that name from the history tapes in the library. Zorkhan the tyrant.
1: It was not enough that he execute my kinsman. Zorkhan determined to destroy our entire family. He used the Etavacron to send us places no one could ever find us.
0: Sorry, Beth. we must return to Mr. Ataws and the Etavacron. We will carry Dr. McCoy, and you must come with us. I will send you and the doctor to the ship, and I shall search for
1: Captain Kirk. I can't go through the portal again. If I do, I will die. I cannot go back. None of us can go back. When we come through the portal, we are changed by the Atavacron. That is its function. Our basic cell structure is adjusted to the time we enter. You can't go back. If you go through the portal again, you will die by the time you reach the other side.
0: Spock! Where are we?
1: You are safe here, McCoy.
0: Yes, I remember you. Come, Doctor, back to bed. Why are you still here, Spock? Why aren't you looking for Jim? It is impossible to look for him, Doctor. We cannot go back. What do you mean impossible? We've got to get back. Zarabeth explained it to me. When we came through the time portal, it altered our physiological structure. If we attempt to return to the library, we shall die. Are you trying to tell me that we're trapped here? Yes, Doctor. We are trapped. Just as Jim is trapped wherever he
2: is. Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. Star
4: date 5943.9. The people of this time believe in witches. And witchcraft is what I've been accused of. Five witnesses heard McCoy's voice speak to me and thought it was an evil spirit. From what I know of witchcraft trials, I don't have much chance unless I can get to the prosecutor.
8: Uh, supper
2: for you, love. So obviously the portal was maybe able to change some of the equipment that they brought through, but not all of it. So, the, you know, the tricorder, but, um, one thing I was thinking of that I don't think McCoy ever checks in this is that he doesn't do like a scan of, uh, him and Spock to see that their, you know, physiology is not altered. I mean, eventually they deduce that they weren't changed, but, you know, so they can go back, but. Obviously, they don't stay in the past. So, uh, a guy was bringing Kirk some water, and Kirk grabs his arm, and so he's getting the key here. Not very wise guards they've got at this place, so... And one quick patented Kirk Kirk karate chop, and this guy's out. <laughs> it's almost as good as the the Vulcan nerve pinch. Jailer! Jailer! And Kirk pulls him back into his cell, I and as the prosecutor shows you, up, he pretends that. that he's still locked up. You will up. come with
8: me before the Inquisitional Tribunal. There the matter of your witchcraft will be decided. There are no Taylor. such things as witches. Sacrilege. If they
4: hear you, they will burn you for such beliefs. You're the only one that can hear me, and that's the truth. There are no witches. Why do you deny it? Do not let them hear you.
8: There are witches!
7: There are I know she's a witch. You
8: may
2: be discovered to well, be how, a how do you, you know she's a, a witch? Witcher? No. She turned me into a newt. What are you doing? Now Kirk's b- opening his cell door and grabbing the prosecutor, who's kind of a, a wimpy guy.
4: I'll denounce you to the Inquisitor. You came here from the future just as I did. Therefore, you too are a witch. I beg you. No, she's a witch. No, to I'm a witch. You would burn me and help me.
8: I will do everything I can to prove you innocent. I will disprove all the charges of witchcraft. But you must never again speak to the comrades you left
4: behind. Help me return to the library. I've lost my way. I must get back there. You cannot get back. I tell you, I must. I had two friends with me who are lost in another time period. I must find them. You come back with us. We can never go
8: back. We must live out our lives here in the past. The Atavacron at has prepared our cell structure and our brain patterns make life natural here, to return to the future would mean instant death. Prepared.
4: I was not prepared. Your Mr. Atos did not prepare me in any way.
8: Then you must get back at once. If you were not transformed, you can only survive for a few hours here in the past.
2: Oh. Ooh. Okay. Well,
8: Come. let's go. Hurry! Hurry!
2: I like the two time periods that they picked here. It was it was it was was a good contrast.
0: Have you ever been told that?
1: Not recently.
0: Oh, well you'll find that Spock is quite delinquent in those matters.
1: I hadn't noticed it.
0: Oh Well now that I'm feeling better you'll notice a distinct difference in our approach.
2: In the original uh, story for this Something they were going to be in to a her. desert wasteland not must a be frozen enough, doctor. wasteland. He tried
1: a few delicacies this climate has to offer. No not yet. At your rate of progress it will be soon. I can see.
0: Dr. McCoy is making excellent progress.
2: There was also no and Sarah Beth in the in the original outline story.
0: Now. Don't let him doctor you. I'm the doctor around here and known as the worst patient in the entire crew of the Enterprise. I wonder where she is. 5,000 years in the future.
2: And the other difference was Kirk wasn't in the sort of medieval times where he is placed. He was more on like a sort of a Barbary Coast, San Francisco uh, time period, was the original two times for them. One, like I said, a desert desert area, and the other one for Kirk, the Barbary Coast of San Francisco in the early, like, or, you you know, mid-1800s.
0: Who knows? We can only hope that he's well wherever he is. What do you mean, we can only hope? Haven't you done anything about it? What was there to do? It'll locate the portal. It can't be too far. We've been through all that, Doctor. What's the point of rehashing that subject? We can't get back. Wasn't that clear to you? Yes, that was clear to me. And perhaps you were too ill to understand what can't get back means. I don't believe it, Spot. It's just not like you to give up trying. Then I'll repeat it for you. Get this through your head. We can't get back. That means we are trapped here in this planet's past, just as we are. And we'll stay here for the rest of our lives. Now, do you understand? Yes, I understand.
6: I never thought I'd hear it. But I understand. You want to stay here. As a matter of fact, you're highly
0: motivated to stay in this forsaken waste. The prospect appeared quite attractive to you a moment ago. Now, you listen to me, you pointed-eared Vulcan. I don't like that. I don't think I ever did, and now I'm sure. What's happening to you, Spock? Nothing that shouldn't have happened long ago.
2: Well, Spock's uh, going old school Spock on him. Yeah, he's he's losing control here, and McCoy's like, "Oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble."
0: Long ago, of course. Long ago.
2: Yeah, they make a few leaps in this episode. You know, on not anything that they don't ever do in other Trek, but you know, the fact that they're in the past is is affecting Spock, because Vulcans of the past, of course, were, were very emotional. I
8: can't remember the exact spot.
2: So the prosecutors brought Kirk back to that same alley where he popped through. They're trying to find where the portal is to get back to the library and the opening. You know, one One little trouble I have with this is that, like, wouldn't people just sort of bump into this little area? I don't know if only anyone could go through, but or, or just people that have passed through to begin with.
7: I
8: cannot wait any longer.
2: Yeah, so they've got an effect here where Kirk actually looks like he puts his hand through the wall and it, it's a pretty pretty good look. Um, pretty interesting way of uh, digitally, well, not digitally at the time, but usually uh, composite photography is the way they did it. Film, the, film that and then film Kirk going through an opening and, ble- and then... Basically, put the two images together. And he's back.
6: Spock! McCoy!
4: Kirk Enterprise, come in. Squad here, Captain. How much time before the sun blows up?
6: 17 minutes.
4: You three had better come back right away. We can't, Scotty. Spock and McCoy are missing. I knew there was trouble. I got a landing party standing by. No! Under no circumstances, send anyone else down here without my orders. Prepare to warp out and stand by, Kirk. Out.
2: Seventeen minutes—not a lot right, of Thomas. time.
5: Where are you? May I help you? It's you. You're lucky you found your way back here. Now let me process you through the attabandol.
2: No, 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 no! You don't understand. We're not from, from here. That.
4: We don't belong <laughs> in your history. We don't belong on your planet at all.
5: Just let me take care of you and get you back where you belong. No.
4: I'm going to find the exact disc that they were viewing.
5: Please, go back.
4: I'm sorry, Mr. Atos. Please. Mr.
5: Atos. I was prepared to escape.
4: I'll let you out in a minute. Still up to your little game of replicas? Which are you this time, real or not?
2: Yeah, so here's two ATOSes he's taken out now, and, and, uh, but pretty easily.
5: You are evidently a suicidal maniac. I don't understand what you're trying to do, but if you continue, both of us will die. And I, for one, do not wish death. If you help me, we won't die. I promise you that. I don't trust you. Which one are you now, the replica or the real one? I'm the real ATOS. You've done away with my replicas. I regret what I must now do.
2: So he pulls out this little really me, sort of you. silver tube thing been from to his save sleeve, life, I that. Put that thing away. and Kirk gets done basically and knocked out. And now we're oh, back to sorry, five thousand years in Serapedia's so past.
1: A for you. I'm here against my will too, just as you are.
2: She just looks a little too made up with makeup for, the, for being where she is. No, <laughs> no way to return you that, That's to not something you know that happens it's in all kinds of I TV and movies.
1: This is my time like,
2: now. Where does the local CVS that. at in in, in 5,000 years in the past:
1: you know what it's like to be alone Really alone?
0: Yes I know what it is like.
1: I believe you do. Have something to eat, please. If it
0: pleases you.
2: yeah He's starting to smile. Yeah, you gotta eat the lady's cooking, Spock. That's 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 it. rule number one when, you know, courting. Courting. What am my an
0: Animal
1: flesh?
2: From 1901? There's 1901.
1: not much else to eat around here, I'm afraid. Naturally,
0: because of the climate... What is the source of heat in the shelter?
1: There's an underground hot spring.
0: Excellent. Then it will be possible to build a greenhouse of sorts.
2: But you need some plants to start it, don't you? What it has Maybe. Where is the only source of nourishment? Uh, have some have some fried chicken. Come on, Spock. You you know you want to. Come on. I also think it's kind of interesting that, that this place is, you know, the frozen wasteland. There and
1: aren't many luxuries around here.
2: Besides her big fur coat, she Your has very little clothing on. To survive. <laughs> but he
0: evidently intended that you continue living.
1: Yes. He gave me weapons, a shelter, food, everything I needed to live. Except companionship. He did not want it said that he had me killed to send me here alone. If that is not death, what is? A very inventive mind, that man.
0: But insensitive. To send such a beautiful woman into exile.
2: Oh, uh, did I just say that? Cold oh. cold must
0: have affected me more than I realized. Please pay no attention. I'm not myself.
2: I'm fine with it. I'm behaving disgracefully.
0: I've eaten animal flesh and I've enjoyed it. What is wrong with me? I tell you, you're beautiful. But you are beautiful. Is it so wrong to tell you so?
1: I've longed to hear you say it.
2: It's about time Spock got the girl, huh?
0: You are beautiful. More beautiful than any dream of beauty I've ever known.
2: I think Leonard Nimoy changes his, his vocal voice quality just a little bit when he shows more emotion than when he's playing Spock. You know, Spock normal. It happens a few times through the series. Uh, Atos just tried to push Kirk through the portal, but Kirk jumped off at the last minute. There's a neat effect here where, where they're both struggling in the portal and Flickering, and Atos is trying to push Kirk through, but Kirk, friend. of course, is a, a little bit tougher than an eighty-year-old guy here.
5: Kirk here. What's happening? Why are
4: you waiting? No time to explain. Are you ready to warp out? I, Captain. Stand by to beam us up. But when that star explodes, don't wait. Get out fast, Kirk. Out.
2: Could now have sent down just a few people to the help you look. Waste. You know... I could hear the wind. I guess he's trying to avoid uh, other right, people, Bex, right. you know, getting trapped there, but... It
5: must be the Sarpiden uh, Aseed, 5,000 years ago. Let me look. You're both look, Mr. Uh.
2: To be able to build this whole time portal and everything like Spock. that, it just seems like these guys, he takes a long time figuring out they're not me, not from Sarpiden. also
0: something new for you. I've given you the facts, Doctor. The facts as you know them. Or did you just accept Zarabeth's word because it's what you wanted to believe? You were told the truth. If Zarabeth is the source, what difference does it make? Zarabeth is a
6: woman condemned to a terrible life of loneliness. She would do anything to anybody to change that. Wouldn't you, Zarabeth?
1: I told you what I know.
6: Did you? You said we can't get back. The truth is you can't get back.
0: She would not jeopardize other lives
6: she would do anything to prevent that life of loneliness
2: yeah uh, mccoy's dead on, on here
6: she would even murder me the captain the entire crew of the enterprise to keep you here with her go ahead zarabeth
2: tell spock the truth go
6: ahead Tell Spock what are you have
2: killed her! Me? So McCoy grabs Sarah Beth and then Spock grabs McCoy here. And <laughs> he's about ready to are twist you his head me off. To me,
0: Spot?
6: Is that what you really want? Think. What are you feeling? Rage, jealousy. Have you ever had those feelings before?
0: This is impossible. Impossible. I'm a Vulcan. The Vulcan you knew won't exist for another 5,000 years.
6: Think, man, what's happening on your planet right now, this very
0: moment. My ancestors are barbarians. Warlike barbarians. Who nearly killed themselves off with
6: their own passions. Spock you're referring to your ancestors 5,000 years before you
0: were born I've lost
2: myself I do not know who I am that's okay Spock you went on a little bit of a a bender kind of you know it's you know it's okay every seven years whenever you're in the past you know it happens
0: can we go back
1: I don't know I only know that I can't go back
6: I know I'm gonna try Spock because my life is back there and I want that life
2: This is a very city on the edge forever kind of uh, quality to this episode, and especially the ending. You know, deciding between your, your, your you know, one thing and another between someone that you love and. Of course, Edith Keeler had a little more of an influence, and Earth's history sure would have been messed up if she had been uh, allowed to live.
5: You think that's the right one? I don't know. If we're to get the portal set for the proper time period, you must be specific. I didn't see it. We'll try calling out. Bones! Spark! McCoy! You've got the wrong one. Please, there's no time left. Let me go. Try again.
2: In this part, I also wonder a little bit. I guess the librarians might have cleaned the discs up, but McCoy had his still there's sitting no, out. Doctor, you hopeless. think they could... Found it, pretty. I suppose you're probably right. you're pretty, pretty easy. Oh, that looks like the one. Bones. Oh. Spock.
9: It's Jim. Here we are, Jim. We found him. Can you still hear me? We hear you perfectly, Captain. Follow my voice. Spock, McCoy, follow my voice. Do you hear me? Keep following
4: my voice. Spock, McCoy, this must be it. What
9: are you waiting for? Hurry! Come on, Spock! Start ahead, Doctor.
0: I do not wish to part from you.
1: I cannot come. If I go back, I will die. What
9: are you waiting for? Hurry. How much time do we have?
4: Scotty, how much time is there? You've got to come aboard now.
6: Come on, Spock. Now.
2: Spock tries to push McCoy through here, and the question is to me, was he gonna stay? Was he gonna push McCoy through and He's just stay? I don't know. I've always wondered because that.
5: It's because they originally went through the portal together. Spock,
4: McCoy! You can't get through unless you both come back at the same time. Scotty. Orders are no. I'm beaming you up fast. No, wait.
9: Spock, McCoy. Hurry through the portal. Time is running out.
2: So Sarah Beth, uh Basically, let Spock go. She kind of walks away. And so they're both through. ATOS pushes another disc onto the, uh, pushes McCoy. Spock out of the way and jumps through to get himself out of the the present he had his
4: escape planned I'm glad he made
0: Kirk to Enterprise there's no further need to observe me doctor as you can see I've returned to the present in every sense But it did happen, Spock. Yes, it happened. But that was 5,000 years ago. And she's dead now. Dead and buried.
2: Buried by who?
0: Scotty, are you there? It's nowhere,
4: never, Captain. Leave us aboard. And go to maximum warp as soon as we're there. Kirk out.
2: dial down the uh little end credit music here a bit a couple other little things and i've got some uh comments uh, from uh listeners to play here a couple of them three of them i think uh this i really enjoyed this episode for a lot of reasons i mean we get to see spock go all emotional which is always a fun thing to see and and, and they you know the idea that he has to leave this woman there all by herself is difficult i i I'm not so sure when I've watched this over the years, I've always wondered about that ending, you know if they if they had changed it where Spock you know McCoy could have gone through on his own, like he had pushed McCoy through and they didn't have that little trick in there of, well, you guys you can't get back unless you both go back together. I think it might have been interesting a little take on that ending if they had there's a little Paramount logo for you. But I think it might have been kind of interesting if on the ending there that, that Spock push, pushes McCoy through and there's, you know, McCoy is back, Kirk is there, Kirk and McCoy are there, and they sit there and kind of wonder for a moment or two whether Spock is actually going to come back. And and maybe even Sarah Beth pushes Spock through, you know, and say, you need to go back to your friends, to your life. I'll I'll be okay or something like that. I, I it, It's an interesting ending. Uh, I mean, it's okay the way it works with... With both of them having to go back through together, I mean, obviously Spock wouldn't allow McCoy to be stuck back there with him. But there is a moment in the episode where it really looks like Spock is maybe going to plan on staying there, push McCoy through, and just leave it at that. So, uh, but you know, a, a really good episode, uh, some strong performances, the um, you know great guest stars, and, and and just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just just a cool episode. It was actually um, the the next uh the last episode of, of trek the turnabout intruder if you want to get really technical the the star dates listed on that one are uh, prior to all our yesterdays so if, if you ever really want a trivia question in trek related to the original series you could say what was the last adventure that the crew of the original enterprise had that was uh, shown on television and if you really want to get picky about it it really was this episode based on the star dates not based on the order that they were aired on TV. And that uh, Turnabout Intruder is always listed as last. But by the start dates in the episodes, it, the last episode of really the original run of the series is this one, All Our Yesterdays. And let's get to some uh, listener comments. First one is from uh, a, a new uh, audio comment lever. This is from uh, someone on the forums who, who goes by the handle of Sarah Beth on the forum. So I I'm, I know she's going to have a lot of things to say about this episode. So listen up.
10: Hello, Rico and everyone at Checks and Sci-Fi. This is Tina Maria Schwaygirl, Zarebeth32, on the forum. I live in New, Ham- Laconian, New Hampshire, and I work as a special education teacher. This is my first time doing a, an audio comment. All Our Yesterdays is one of my all-time favorite episodes. I can definitely relate to Sarah Beth being single and alone, waiting for my Spock to enter into my life. I also see Zarabeth as a strong and brave survivor. She's had to fend for herself and brave the elements and stay alive. I also connect with Zarabeth on that level. I've had to take care of myself and survive. I've been through a lot of personal difficulties, and as I grew up, Star Trek has always been there to help pull me through. Of course, not having had any company, Zarabeth thinks she's going mad until Spock makes physical contact with her by saying that he firmly believes that he does exist and as he makes her realize he is real and that she's not imagining this. As Spock spends time with Zarabeth, he opens up and is very honest with her. Of course, he is reverting to his ancestors 5,000 years before he was born. But I think if they met during his time frame, that he would still feel the same way about Zarabeth. It was heartbreaking at the end when Spock had to go back with McCoy. For me, it was a very touching scene because in the end, it's really Zarabeth that lets him go. I love the books, Yesterday's Sun and Time for Yesterday. I also have the abridged audiobooks for my iPod. I'm glad that Lena Nimoy came back as Spock and James Doohan was the narrator and did the voices. The books extended the story and brought some closure. From the first book, there is this line, For for a moment, Deribus was outlined by a white fire. Then the cavern was empty, save for the living. Spock dropped his arm and stood quietly as they filed past him to the mouth of the tunnel. Kirk thought he'd never seen him look so Vulcan. Then he saw the eyes. So that just proves that he always will have those feelings for Zarebeth. I just want to say thank you to Rico for doing this episode. I've enjoyed listening for the past few years, and I'm glad that I'm actually able to participate. Hope everyone is doing well. Congratulations, Rico, on your new job and being able to go back home. And thank you, Kenny, for helping me to send this audio comment. Live long and prosper, Zarebeth.
2: Well, thank you very much, uh, Sarah Beth, for sending in your comments about all our yesterdays. I knew this was going to be a big uh, big episode that you were going to be happy to have covered and talk about. And, yeah, those are a couple of really good novels, too. I've read both of those uh, that you mentioned in your comments. Uh, they, they relay the adventures of um, uh, Sarah Beth eventually has a, a son named Czar. And uh, they talk about what, what goes on with him and things. It's been a long time since I've read them, all. I'll admit. But good stuff. And, and thanks so much for sending in your audio comment And uh, thanks, Kenny, for forwarding it along. And that's great. I hope you do some more and in the future and for Trex and Sci-Fi. So next up, we've got Brian. Brian, of course, my TOS brother from the forums, brother from another mother. Anyway, here's his comments about all our yesterdays.
11: And now it is time for Brian's T.O.S. review. You know, if I was all fancy like everybody else on the forum who have their own podcasts and who send comments in, I'd have, like, background music and my voice would be reverbing. It would all be so dramatic. And instead, you get me literally sitting in a closet talking to my iPad because it's quiet in here. It's very sad. But I want to say, well, first of all, let me say, Congratulations on the new job, Rico. I think it's awesome that you're able to find this opportunity closer to home, and I hope everything works out. I think that's really terrific. Um, So all of yesterdays, you know, I was wondering why in the world you picked this episode. Not that it's a bad episode or anything like that, but it just seems sort of relatively obscure, not maybe as well-known as some others that you still have it covered. And then I realized that this was the last episode of Star Trek, the original series that was ever aired. I didn't really realize that before. And I think it's appropriate, considering that last week, or not last week, the week before, you covered uh, the final episode of TNG, All Good Things. And of course, everybody on the forum loves TNG. TNG is so great. And I get it, yes, it's, it had seven seasons, it had amazing stories, it had a fantastic crew. But, once again, without TOS, there never would have been a TNG, and What's interesting about this story, this time travel story that, uh, sort of a time travel story, yeah, it's time travel story, um, in this episode is that, you know, watching it now, it's like, oh, yeah, you've seen this a million times. But the reason you've seen this a million times is because Star Trek, the original series, did it first. So once again, TOS breaking new ground, paving the way. And yeah, I understand that sometimes some of, the, some of our Star Trek fans look at TOS as kind of you know, campy and silly. But, you know, you, you can't deny that there were some amazing stories that came out of just three seasons, under budget, underloved, and uh, and they really did a great job with what they had. I have no doubt you'll have sufficiently covered um, all of the aspects of the episode, the plot, the story, the behind the scenes and everything. Um, that's actually one of my favorite things that you do when you, when you do one of these episode reviews. Um, what I thought was kind of interesting, though, about this one is that they go to this planet that's having that's going to have this supernova and to, to see if the civilization was still there and, and everyone's gone. And one of the comments early on that was made is, in the show is that the they the culture on the planet hadn't developed space travel. And I thought that was so strange. How in the world could they not have had space travel, even rudimentary space travel, but they could travel back in time? And then I realized that they probably were aware of the nova for maybe... Thousands of years of their civilization, and perhaps in an effort to to avoid their civilization being destroyed, they chose to travel back in time as opposed to evacuating the planet. Evacuating the planet seems like it might have been a, an easier idea, but it seemed to work for them. And they come up with this this um, this machine that uh, that travels that allows people to travel back in time. What is it? The uh, 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 t- uh, t- Tavacron or Tavacron or something? So um, I thought it was interesting though when I was watching it, I was like, it, it just hit me. I was like, why would they not be in space? And then I thought, well, I guess they probably spent all the resources and figuring out how to travel back in time instead. While they're in the library, you know, Kirk is is shown uh, a couple of those uh, those data uh, chip things of uh, of past that he could visit. And what's funny is that the one that he was watching right before he stepped into the machine actually was the Wild West. It looks like the U.S. West uh, during the 1800s, and yet when he goes back in time, when he hears the woman scream, he ends up somehow in like 1600s Europe, Uh, which I thought was very odd. I wonder if there was originally an intention to have him go to the West and then that was abandoned for production reasons, Um, maybe it's going to be too expensive um, or something, and then instead he ends up, you know, sword fighting over this drunk chick in an alley in like London or something. And then, meanwhile, obviously uh, Spock and McCoy uh, inadvertently travel back into the Ice Age, and uh, where they meet Marriott Hartley. Hoofah, man, was she hot? I mean, like smoking hot. You know, interesting little thing I learned about Marriott Hartley when I was after I watched the episode and I was looking up some information online. is She's from uh, Wilton, Connecticut, which is not more than twenty minutes from where I grew up in Connecticut. Um, so, uh, yeah, she was. She was something, boy. When that robe comes off and she's in the uh, the Barbarella like bearskin outfit, ooh, that was something. That Barbarella, oh, ten thousand BC. That was the movie that uh, Jane Fonda was in, when she wore that little little outfit. But boy, that was something. With the uh, the conceit that by traveling back in time, it somehow, if you're not prepared properly, it somehow changes your brain patterns to allow you to accept. Your environment better, um, seeing Spock go through this emotional state and sort of falling in love with Zarabeth is actually kind of it's kind of nice, kind of cool to see that you know you don't see that too too often in TOS obviously um, so it was kind of cool to see and it created all the that tension between Spock and McCoy. Um, I was kind of curious though, and maybe you'll answer this in the podcast, Rico, as to how how did McCoy figure out that Zarabeth wasn't necessarily being truthful when she said that they couldn't go back? I wasn't it didn't seem like there was any reason why he would doubt her per se, uh, or that she was simply not giving them all the information that they could go back as they hadn't been prepared, but that she could not. But at the end of the day, obviously they all do get back and uh um you know, the uh Kirk and Spock and McCoy beam up the enterprise just in time as the star goes Nova. It's actually pretty cool in the uh on the Blu-ray with the enhanced effects, the uh what they did there at the end. For the uh, supernova, so um, yeah, so it's a good episode. I mean, it, it's I guess it's it's very noteworthy in that it was the final episode of TOS, and uh, well, let's face it, it was very noteworthy for Marriott Hartley's outfit. I might have to go back and watch that again. I'll be my bunk anyway, guys. Talk to you later. Have a great show, my man. Take care. Bye bye.
2: Oh, Brian, Brian, uh, always great to hear from you about TOS episodes. Great things to say, even if you are, you know, re- you really need to come out of the closet, Brian. Though you know, with that iPad. You know, so I just want to say that I'm sure Jamie wouldn't have minded, you know, you recording something and, you know, the wide openness of your home in Phoenix there. (laughs) So anyway, a couple of things uh, come to mind about your on your comments, and and you made some good points uh, as always when you talk about Tos and you know. We're, we're big fans, of course, and uh, not that we don't like our TNG. We like our TNG, I think, too, but uh, anyway, one thing uh, related to what you were talking about of the discs that, that Kirk was looking at. He looked at the sort of Wild West disc, and then he ends up in in you know in this 17th century Europe era instead. Yeah, you were absolutely right. The, the original uh, premise and the storylines were going to take uh, Kirk to more of a Wild West uh, period, uh, the Barbary Coast, which I was talking about during the episode but they they changed that for some reason uh, and i i can't re- I couldn't really find out why or, or how i thought maybe they 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 felt that it was more interesting uh to put him into this this uh this more you know witchcraft time and that and they they, they maybe they thought they could do more about it like i was saying during my uh recording uh, and commenting on the episode the original storyline for this episode really had altered quite a bit they were each in different time frames in the past. Uh, McCoy and Spock were in this desert-type area with uh, no Sarah Beth in sight. She wasn't there. And and Kirk was on the Barbary Coast uh, of San Francisco, which, which is sort of interesting because William Shatner eventually later starred in a short-lived TV series, here's a little bit of trivia, called The Barbary Coast, which is a pretty fun show that I think aired in the 70s, if I remember correctly. Um, so that's the reason about that, I guess at least that they were going to put him in the the Wild West time period, but decided not to. Uh, what else did you mention? Oh yes, Spock's reversion to his 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 you know sort of natural old, older Vulcan state. Uh, I re- I read something interesting about that. Somebody I've never really quite figured out why that was the case, and somebody said that that it's because it's related to what you saw in the the episode where Spock sort of feels all the deaths of the Vulcans on the, the Intrepid, in that episode from the original series, why, I'm blanking on the name, the Immunity Syndrome, yes, where, where there's this idea that because of uh, Vulcans being somewhat telepathic, that they're sort of always in this semi-connection to their to the rest of the Vulcan people, wherever they happen to be. And, you know, it's not like they know what they're having for dinner or anything like that. But that Spock, when he would be thrown into a a time in the past like that, he would sort of be slightly in telepathic connection with Vulcan people on Vulcan at that time, which would make him sort of go, you know, basically go native. (laughs) And like you say, you know, Marriott Hartley? I mean, come on. As you would say, Brian, she was quite the tomato so, uh, anyway, I just thought I would mention a couple comments about those things that you had to say. And I do have to clear up, the one thing. Uh, it isn't—and I was trying to explain this. Let's see if we can get this down right about the being the last episode of the original series. W- what it actually is, the last aired episode for uh, TOS is the Turnabout Intruder. But like I was saying when I was doing the commenting— the the star dates in this episode correspond to, to making it place after the Turnabout Intruder, but if you look at the air, original air dates, Turnabout Intruder aired in like June of '69. Uh, the last episode aired of TOS, and all our yesterdays aired in like March or something like that. I don't know why there was such a big gap between uh, you know the second to the last episode and the last episode, but who knows. Uh, different times so okay i think that's all i needed to say about that thanks again for your comments brian sarah beth so far and we've got one more and this one will involve a song as well so of course who could that be but rick moyer
7: hey everybody it's rick moyer moyer 777 from the forums and the co-host take him with you podcast hi rico hi everybody how's it going Hey, thanks for uh, reviewing a TOS episode. Always fun to hear about the original crew. And, of course, this one was really cool because who wouldn't want to be able to go to a library, pick out any time in history or any planet, put it into a little disc, and jump through a portal into that time. So cool. They did that on The Next Generation with the um, uh, Iconians as well, which was really kind of cool. So, anyway... I loved this episode. It was really, really cool, and I liked seeing the Enterprise crew in some really different situations. It was fun to see Spock have emotions and all that jazz. So anyway, great, great episode. I did a parody song for you, and I thought you'd really enjoy it. The Beatles are always one of my favorite groups to listen to, and uh, they do the song Love Me Do. Well, in honor of Mr. Atos and his portals, um, I wrote uh, Jump. Jump on through. So uh, enjoy this, and Rico, thanks for everything you do. Uh, let's rock out to uh, jump on through.
4: Captain's log, star date 5943.7. We have calculated that Beta Niobe will go nova in approximately three and a half hours. Its only satellite, Sarpedon, is a class M planet, which at last report was inhabited by a civilized humanoid species. Now our instruments show that no intelligent life remains on
0: the planet. The power source we detected is in this building, Captain. Any sign of survivors? No signs of sapient life forms. How can a whole planet full of people
4: just
8: disappear?
4: If they knew that the sun was dying, it could be anything. Up to mass suicide. What's
0: denied that they had any space flight like capability. Jump, jump on
7: through. You know you need to. So please, jump on through, jump on through, jump jump on through, too. 2, first curve, then the two, so please, jump on through. Oh!
5: Hmm, what is it? Ah, this is the Atavacrom. The nomenclature. And how does it work? May I? Oh no, so no. I must ask you right. not to touch the controlling mechanism. Return and make your selection. When you have chosen, I will prepare you through the Atavacrom. Jump, jump on through, McCoy. He
7: saved you, and Kirk is back too. Jump on through. Whoa, jump on through. Yeah, jump on through. Whoa, jump on through. Jump on through. It's all
2: still. Oh, Rick, another great song. I'm a big, big. Big Beatles fan, and and it's just uh, just great, uh, great stuff again. Uh, just everyone should check out Rick's site, Star Trek he, he puts all his songs up there, all the ones he does for the show, and, and and related to Trek and other other subjects too. So check out that, and you can download them there too as well. So. Uh, that's it. I got to wrap this up. We're going to a pretty long episode. I was planning on trying to do a little collectible review, but maybe I'll try to slip that in on next week's uh, podcast. I'm trying, uh, going to be trying to get back to doing uh, reviews of collectibles from time to time since I'm back home here in Michigan. Woohoo! <laughs> anyway, uh, what I want to do, though, before I go, uh, not much more to say, but the uh, I did want to update everyone on the schedule. I put this up on the forum yesterday where it usually is first. So if you aren't a forum member, here's another reason to join the forum just uh, hop on over to trex ficom click on the forum link there on the main page and then sign up and make sure again another reminder if you sign up on the forum make sure that you check your email for a confirmation email because i do send those out to most people uh, getting a lot of you know tries to avoid the spam spammers and spam bots and stuff uh, upcoming on trex in sci-fi next week I'm going to be doing another one of those year and respective type shows. I'm going to cover the year 1999 and, and the sci fi and TV and movies from 1999. If you remember a couple of months back now, I think it was, I did the year 1983. So this is another one of those types of shows. Uh, please send in your comments about, you know, movies, TV, and stuff from 1999 that you enjoyed uh, or remember fondly. Uh, remember, that was also the year the first Star Wars prequel came out, The Phantom Menace. So there's at least one. Thing for you to comment on. Uh, after that, uh, on April 3rd, that weekend, we're going to have a guest cast. Yes, I'm still going to do guest casts uh, from time to time, even though I'm back home here in Michigan. Uh, that uh, show is going to be by Al or Quadshot, who does uh, uh, Tales from the Mouse House podcast and a bunch of other. I can't keep track. He's doing so many these days. Uh, I know he's got a new one, uh, just a podcast, just because, I think, or something like that. And then he's doing one on The Amazing Race. Anyway, Al's going to be covering the movie Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme, so that should be fun. Great movie, too. One of Van Damme's best, I think. Uh, After that, on April 10th, I'm going to cover the Enterprise episode Vanishing Point. That's the one about Hoshi and the transporter and, and things like that. And then next, on the 17th of April, we've been talking about this uh, subject on the forums for a little bit, but I'm going to cover cheesy sci-fi, those sci-fi shows that are kind of cheesy, but we still love them. Uh, TV, a little bit of movies, probably mostly focus on the TV, maybe throw in a couple of movies too. Uh, On the 24th of April will be the Voyager episode Collective, which is about the Borg and Seven of Nine. I think the one with the Borg children are introduced there, the Borg kids. And then uh, taking us all the way to the 1st of May, oh my gosh, that's going to be... We'll, we'll definitely be in spring by then, although it's been nice here the last week. Pretty pretty okay. Most of the snow is gone now. Anyway, May 1st, I'm going to do a video cast, and I'm going to kind of do a preview of the movies coming out for this summer, uh, coming from, uh, you know, that we're looking forward to all these comic book movies and a lot of things. So, um, and did
11: I... Gosh,
2: it's... Well... Maybe I'll talk about that next week. I saw that movie Limitless. I don't think I talked about that on the podcast, did I? It's been this podcast recording is taking a long time today. Did I talk about Limitless? I don't think I did. It's a good movie. Good movie. Go see it. A lot of fun. Uh, Bradley Cooper takes a pill can you know use all of his brain. Then you've probably seen the previews. Pretty good movie. Anyway, that's it. I'm getting out of here, and I hope everyone enjoyed this week's edition of Treks and Sci-Fi. Put up a review on iTunes. Uh, Donations are always welcome. All that kind of information is on the main website, treksandsci ficom And make sure to send in your contest entries where you read off the Star Trek monologue for for me, and I'll get you entered in that Blu-ray contest for next week. And remember, Brian, you need to enter the contest to win. So (laughs) anyway, everyone, I'll I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dostey podcast production.
7: Father wears his Sunday best. Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs.
10: Sister's saying in her sleep